sometime in February, says, many of Africa's SOEs privatized in the 90s became equally bankrupt in private hands. Mm. And some factories have even become church premises. If commercial enterprises can neither thrive in public nor private hands, then society must do an examination of the mindsets of this elite. Now, mm. I'm, I'm bringing him in because Mr. Pinim's suggestion is that if the companies are not doing well, privatize them. Now, it appears privatization may not be the full solution. Other things may be required. David, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. So we've read portions of the report. We've seen the top five performers from 2020. But I think the top lines are the following. Our SOEs together made a loss of 5.1 billion 2019. And they reduced their losses to 2.6 in 2020. In terms of their revenue, they managed to increase their revenue. But they, of course, they still made losses. One interesting thing we found was that the JV companies did better than the purely state-owned. And then the companies that were called minority interest with very little state ownership and a lot of private ownership did much better. They, for example, made a profit of 11 billion this year. So on the face of it, private seems more profitable than public. So what's, what do you make of the suggestion by Mr. Pianim that apart from ECG, Ghana Water and a few others, the ports, we should privatize the loss-making entities and, and cut our losses? To some extent, he is right, but I don't agree with him 100% uh, on this. Uh, and if you look at the data you just read regarding the fact that those where the state interest is less tend to perform better, the, the reason for that is simple. is because the state doesn't have the ability to interfere in the management of the company. So the lesser the interference, the more likely the entity is uh, likely to perform. I mean, so, so to that extent, I agree with that. But there is a long history of privatization that one needs to avert their minds to before we come to a conclusion that the, the non-performance should simply let us hurry to privatization. If, if you will give me a couple of minutes, we've had these SOEs on our hands since post-independence. And clearly at that time, the idea was to ensure that the state should be able to provide capital and expertise to provide what the private sector at that time in a newly independent country, they didn't have the wherewithal to produce. But sometime along the line, uh, the first attempt to privatize them was in 66 after the coup. And a lot of these enterprises were privatized, uh, including the likes of Firestone, etc. Some of them came back into government hands again. Interestingly, in 66, if you look at the records, you will find that at, the, at that time, whilst we were privatizing state enterprises, we also, as it were, confiscated some state enterprises, uh, some private enterprises. So, for example, a company called Carmoni and Co. and Commonwealth Development Company were confiscated and became part of state transport company. Then you move all the way back to 1986, where we go back to IMF, World Bank, and do restructuring. And then we set up diversity implementation committee and do a seven-year massive privatization. And a lot of those private enterprises didn't become profitable. Uh, GNTC is nowhere uh, to be found, just to give a, an, an example. Even those which were uh, quasi-privatized, some of them have challenges. Uh, example may be commercial bank, the, the amount of indebtedness the government accrued in respect of poor uh, is an example. Or you, you take a, a branch of commercial bank, uh, which is now independent, Ghana International Bank in London. And commercial bank used to have branches in Benin and all that. Just today, I think I saw a tweet from Right, Simmons, that Ghana International Bank has now moved from profit to losses of 16 million pounds or so. 
Uh, again, this is this is quote and unquote being operated as a private entity. EHOC, which you just talked about, uh, STC. Uh, STC went private and now came back to public hands. EHOC went private, came back to public hands. Uh, and if you take that trend, you will see that we actually passed two significant laws, which, which is important to, to talk about. One is the Act Forces one, the so-called uh, state enterprises conversions to companies. And the idea was that if we converted these to companies, then they will become easy to manage. So the likes of Ghana Water, uh, 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 VCG, etc. We even put a section in the law that prevented them from being sued, which the Supreme Court shut down in a case uh, in versus the Republic. So that's, that's, that's one side. But you should take a look at the privatization process and what has happened. Vodafone is an example. During the privatization of Vodafone, there were a lot of allegations of impropriety, and we all lived in this country, uh, we heard that. A uh, recent one of allegations of impropriety is PDS, where there was an attempt to, to partially privatize ECG. We shouldn't gloss over that. We then created the Public Investment Division of Ministry of Finance uh, with the idea that a section of that division would look at all SOEs, where government has got hands and where government has done on lending, in fact, we put under the, the Section 172 of the former Financial Management Act a provision that all government appointees on state-owned enterprises should report on the health of state-owned enterprises every six months and alert government, and they are accountable. Nobody has ever been held accountable to the best of my knowledge. We set up state enterprises commission where these state-owned enterprises signed performance bonds, and they didn't perform. And then we finally set up SIGA. And at least the good thing about SIGA is that now we do have a report. But the, the reason why I am saying I'm not 100%, and having given that background, in agreement with Kwame PNM is that any time we have attempted to privatize, the failure comes from our own behavior. One, we want to give it to cronies. And therefore, we are, we are not selecting the people who have the capacity and the wherewithal Two, the private sector, many of them who have taken over these state-owned enterprises, that failed. They didn't take over with a view to operating it and running it in, as, as a perpetual enterprise. They took it with a view to making money, selling its assets, laying off workers, and ending up collapsing the company. And that, just go around your and you will see a lot of them which are churches these days. Three, you will find that because of our very nature, even when we privatize it, it is treated as if it's a family business and we don't run it in commercial terms, so the companies end up shrinking. The third thing is that in the privatization process, the government end up absorbing the lender, the, the, the debt that the company owes. Just look at section 3. Point, I haven't had time to look at it in detail, but look at section 3.32 of the report, and you will notice that it contains categories of on-lending. On-lending simply means the, go the government borrows money, give it to these state-owned enterprises, and then the state-owned enterprises are supposed to pay back, which they never do. You will find that before we privatize, we have to absorb it and then add it to our debt stock. And that is one reason why our debt-to-GDP ratio is very high, because they are not paying the money back. Then there is the issue of indecision. Even when we finally decide to privatize, I can give you a plethora of examples where we are not sure whether we should go ahead with the final decision because maybe the entity which won is not the entity that the government in power at that time wanted them to win. So you can take a look at Grail, Ghana Rubber Estate Company, and Firestone in Takwa. 
they have been on the boost for privatization for about 20 years, and decisions as to hand them, handing them over to the private sector, I mean, it's always a challenge. Or you take examples like Golden Tulip, where government at some point is 50% and the private sector, Glaco, is 40% or vice versa. You will find that lack of commitment to good governance principles on the part of the state, government after government, does not enable us, I mean, uh, uh, accrue the profit that is expected. Talk about Labadi Beach and La Palm, which is recently I've heard is going to be privatized. I mean, there are a couple of examples, maybe I will give them and, and pause there. Very, very serious examples. The, the, the losses come from, the huge losses come from Ghana Airport Company Limited. Just take a look at the history of that company. It was part of Ghana Civil Aviation Authority. Separated regulator, separated from uh, operator. For, for an airport company to make a loss, uh, it takes a lot of, quote-unquote, lack of uh, uh, good governance principles for an airport company to make a loss. Sometime, I think about eight, nine years ago, the airport tax, a law was passed to give them the airport tax 100% so that they could use it to securitize against uh, borrowing and develop the airport. How can such a company begin to accrue losses? The last one is the example I want to give is the one uh, which I think Koda mentioned uh, just before, which has to do with precious minerals marketing corporation. I mean, not recently the CEO talked about government having to build them for 65 million uh, Ghana cities that they hold one of their banks. That is the entity that actually sells precious minerals. And and you go to Dubai and the rest, and those private entities are making money. Now, the, the issue here is that the government always interferes. It is not a question of whether it is private or public. It's a question of the fact that we interfere in the operation and interfere even when we are privatizing. So my, my proposal is very simple. If we have to privatize, then we have to do it professionally, and we shouldn't end up letting it become the burden that we always create when we attempt to, I mean, privatize state-owned enterprises. And secondly, we should ensure that the regime after regime doesn't come with a policy where, for example, you privatize STC, then reapply it, or GIHOC. It changes according to whoever is in power. These are the serious decisions we need to make before we decide whether to privatize or not. So it's not just a question of the law or whether it's private or public. It's more the extent of government in interference. That is what you're saying. Having said that, when you look at the profitability of this new category they create called minority government interest, it appears promising where you have, from an initial loss of $62 million in 2019, they made a profit of $11 billion. So I don't know if Nathan has the, some of the companies in that category, but it suggests that in these companies, even though government has shares, government is not actively managing, and government shares are much lower. Could that be could, could that be the model for the for the future? I think no. I think it's a simplistic way to look at it. And let me take one organization. This will surprise you, and I I think it will surprise many who don't know the history of this. Take VRA. VRA was so well managed, and you can check the records. It was fully owned by the state. It was a, it's a statutory corporation, but it was so well managed, rated as triple A consistently that until about early 90s or maybe late 80s, VRA actually used to guarantee the state for, for loans. You can cross-check this. When the state borrowed money, VRA was rather the entity which who's, who was so well-managed that was guaranteeing the state for loans. 
but now it's a vice versa. So I don't think I want to take a simplistic attitude. I just because private sector uh, uh, influence is larger, it is simply profitable. I, I don't think it's that simplistic. If an organization is well managed, whether private or public, it will do well. Now, there are circumstances which, of course, affect every organization. I know somebody who was a, an, an MD of a bank where he chaired the board of a state-owned enterprise. The MD was not performing. He fired him. And the, co the company picked up. That's just a very rare example. Where any board tries to make sure that the company is performing, you will find that the CEO often has more access to the top than the board itself. So all those are part of the issues. Now, there are countries, many countries in the world where, where public enterprises are functioning and functioning well. When we borrow money from China and borrow from CDB and all the rest, are state-owned companies. So I, I, I think it is simplistic to assume that just because it's mm. private. So it's not the model and, and, of and, and private or... Just to land on that, mm -hmm. I think I've just mentioned that the ones that we privatize, mm. only one or two have survived. So they don't survive by either in private or public. And there mm. is something basically wrong. Mm. Fair enough. I want to just test finally on the top five. When they did the analysis in the state ownership report for 2020, the top five performing companies, and they use three or four major parameters, financial, economic, dynamic effects, management, practice, new projects, etc. TDCL was the best. ECG was the second best. Gridco was the third. Blue Power Authority was fourth. And Ghana Civil Aviation, which partner company you made reference to, was the top five. The worst five were Gihok, Ghana Railway Company, um, P it was GCMC, Ghana Cylinder Manufacturing Company, PMMC, which you made reference to, and New Times. Any surprises there? TDC, ECG, Gridco doing so well. So four of the top five are power companies. ECG, Gridco, Bui Power. And then... I, I think... I think how you declare anything as being good or bad depends on the measurements that you use. TDC, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, they have the largest real estate. If, I'm talking, if we are talking about the same TDC, they have the largest real estate in the country. Uh, and, and naturally, they should do well if the management is good. But I do not so, I'm not so sure why the likes of Gridco are in that classic, classification because, again, I will refer you back to the section that deals with the amount of debt that these organizations owe that you and I, through our taxpayers' money, the government has to reimburse or guarantee. As a private sector person, if I'm judging how a company is doing well, it means the company is on its own team and nobody has to underwrite its debt. So I, I would be surprised that I find Gridco in, especially not long ago, Gridco itself made a statement about lack of money to, re, to invest in capital uh, 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 items, including uh, uh, transmission systems, etc. So I don't know how the criteria arrived at that. For a private sector person, simple performance means your P&L shows that you have more assets than liabilities and that there is no third party underwriting your liabilities. And I don't think that's the criteria that you mentioned. So I think we should go back to basics. These are commercial enterprises, and commercial enterprises must be run commercially. There are some that even Mr. Kwame Pienim admits cannot be privatized. So, for example, the likes of Ghana Water, etc., or you don't want to privatize. The key thing is where they are commercial, and because of the strategic nature, you don't want to privatize, let them run commercially. Where they are not so strategic and you want to privatize, 
go ahead with the privatization, but ensure that the privatization observes two key things. The process is such that it will lead to the right people taking over. Two, they are giving a KPI, KPIs and, and, and service level agreements. The fact that I have privatized organization doesn't mean that you should go free. Let me give you an example. If you take, let's say, STC or if you take uh, any organization you want to privatize, if they run it down, they will throw workers into the street to become a burden for government and for you and I. It creates social problems. So you give them KPIs. These are the performance indicators I need to see in order to maintain the privatization. This is what you need to meet. That's exactly what Malaysia did. And that is why in Malaysia's case, they have been more successful than us. We need to have a proper benchmark that we use to measure entities we privatize. If we don't do this, we will go around in circles. That's good enough. Thank you for your thoughts. Uh, Mr. David Ofosudote is the uh, founding partner of uh, ABN David, is an uh, international law firm, and he is also one of the key minds in relation to the AFTA when we discuss the Africa Continental Future Agreement. He's a lawyer by training.